right. Well, good evening. Good to see everyone out this evening. Thank you for being here uh, this evening's services. Looking forward to a wonderful night in God's house. Let's go ahead and go to the Lord in prayer, and uh, we'll see what he has for us this evening. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, we do thank you for your love, for your mercy, for your grace. Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to be in your house. Lord, we ask, Lord, that you would... Uh, Lord, that you would grace us with your presence, Lord, tonight, Lord, that you would speak to our hearts as only you can. Lord, I pray that, uh, uh, Lord, that we would give you all the praise and all the adoration, Lord, as we, uh, as we uh, lift up uh, the word of God tonight. Lord, I pray that you would speak to us and give us exactly what we need. Lord, if there's one here that doesn't know you, I pray that today would be the day of salvation. Speak to our hearts once again in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, well, it's good to see everyone out this evening. Thank you for being here in uh, God's house. We're going to turn to, I don't know, I'm just going to pick one out here. Let's turn to page number 268, He Lives. Aren't you glad that He lives today? uh, We're not serving a a dead God. We're serving a Savior that lives and sitting at the right hand of the Father making ever intercession for us. Page number 268.
way back to your seat. Grab a hymnal, turn to page number 410. Page number 410. Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus. Appreciate the good singing to trust Jesus more, and I hope that's that's your prayer uh, that you are trusting in Him. Well, I do appreciate again you being here. Want to uh, uh, hope you've already been blessed for being here this evening, as God has spoke to my heart already just during the song service. And it's good to sing praises unto Him, for He's worthy of our praise. I hope and pray that you've had a good week already, and uh, this is just a like I, like I like to say, just a shot in the arm to get you through the weekend and uh, through the rest of the week and into the weekend. We're going to continue our study on the character of uh, uh, the apostle, or, uh, the study of David. And uh, two weeks ago I said that God always has a man for his plan. Last week I said God has always has a plan for his man. And uh, this week we're going to look at uh, the fact that there's a cause. There is a cause. And David was, again, a mighty man uh, of God. He was greatly used uh, of God. And uh, God spoke of David many times in his Bible. And the Bible says, or in, uh, he's mentioned uh, 1,127 times in the Bible. Now, that seems like a lot, and, and it is a lot when you especially compare it to the Apostle Paul, which is the, uh, you know, one that wrote most of the uh, over half of the New Testament, and the Apostle Paul is only mentioned 163 times. So uh, David put, or God puts a lot of emphasis on 
David and his life. And so we're going to look at uh, David a little bit more tonight. And then, uh, Lord willing, I'm just, as Lord gives messages, I'm going to continue this thought on David. Uh, tonight we're going to be in 1 Samuel chapter number 17. 1 Samuel chapter number 17. Probably one of the most beloved uh, uh, portions of Scripture. Most children know this story. We all uh, love the story of David and Goliath and uh, in the Valley of Elah. And uh, the armies of Israel and the armies of the Philistines had set themselves in array. And uh, for 40 days, a massive giant man, uh, some say anywhere from 9 foot to 12 foot tall. I don't know how tall he was, but I know he was a great big man. And uh, he, was, he was huge. He was at least over nine foot tall. And uh, he called out, uh, out the army of Israel and said, uh, taunting them and to send a man to face him, to fight him. And why among all the thousands of, of men that were there, why did God choose David? Why, why did he choose David to fight this giant? I mean, we remember... Uh, in this story that Saul says he's just but a youth. He's, he's just a young person. He's, he's not been at war all his life like many of these soldiers have been. They've been at war for many years and they have uh, some, some war under their belts. They, they, they have some notches in there. And, and, uh, but God chose to use David in this battle. In this perilous hour in which we live, we need more people like David. That's what I think. Now you, you look around, and what we need is some more people that have the character, have the integrity, uh, uh, have the, the will to stand up and fight whether no one else does or not. That's what we need. The scholars say that, uh, when I was looking this over, the scholars say that the distance that separated these two armies were only about 300 yards, three football fields. That's the only thing that separated these two. And the giant uh, uh, Goliath would go out and they would, he would scream and taunt the, Israel, the Israelites and say, Send me a man. Say, Send me your best. And, and, uh, and taunt him. And uh, um, I'm sure that many of the Israelites, they were scared to death. And you see this gigantic man coming out there saying, Send me one man. I'll, I'll whip him. And uh, they're all running and hiding for shelter. And... And uh, gathered um, among, along the western slope of the Philistine was a Philistine army, and along the eastern slope of uh, there in Elah was the armies of Israel. As David came upon the scene, he was he was questioned and accused of his brother uh, of having the wrong motives, the wrong intentions for being there. But David responded with a question. He said this in First Samuel chapter seventeen, verse twenty-nine. And where we get our text today, it says, What have I now done? Is there not a cause? What have I now done? Is there not a cause? And the message this evening is titled, There is a Cause. There is a cause. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, once again, thank you for your love, for your mercy, and for your grace. Lord, I thank you for the opportunity to serve you, to worship you, and to praise you. Lord, I ask tonight, Lord, that we would set our minds free and just, uh, just think and meditate upon your word and upon you tonight. And Lord, I pray that you would speak as only you can. Lord, as we think of this thought, there is a cause. And Lord, your cause is to get the word of God out and to uh, be a part of your plan. And Lord, I ask tonight that each one of us would examine our own lives and our own hearts and say, Lord, here am I, send me. I want to be used and Lord, I pray that you would continue to do a great and mighty work that only you can. In Jesus' name, amen. David said again, what have I now done? He was his oldest brother, Eliab, had, had judged his motives for being there. He says, David, why are you here? I'm paraphrasing. He says, why are you here? Why aren't you taking care of the flock, uh, over the, the sheep that you're over? Uh, and he's trying to belittle him. Now, you've got to remember, Eliab was... He was standing there just uh, some time before, and he thought he was going to be the one anointed to be king. But now his little bitty brother, his baby brother, the youngest of all, all the, uh, the boys, and he's now anointed to be the next king. And Eliab, I mean, this is a slap in the face to Eliab. And so Eliab kind of puts a little jab at David here. What, what are you doing here? You know, and he's trying to belittle him. 
He was saying, is there, and David was saying, is there not a reason that I'm here? Do I not have a reason? Doesn't something need to be done? No one else, everybody else is hiding behind the rocks and, and hiding and uh, scared to death. But I'm not scared. I'm willing to battle this Philistine. The armies of Israel had a leader. His name was King Saul. And Saul was a great physical specimen of a man. He was, he was a mighty man as well. Why didn't he do something? There was no doubt that, that something needed to be done. The life of a nation was hanging in the balance there. The Philistines were threatening them to form with a form of servitude. They said, hey, what we need to do is we, you send out your greatest fighter, the best man that you have, and we'll, we'll have him fight Goliath. And if you win, then we'll be your servants. But if we win, you're going to be our servants. That's, that's what the story here is all about. And when David inquired about what was going on, it was his own brother that rebuked him. He said this, and look at verse 28. It says, And Eliab, his eldest brother, heard when he spake unto the men. And Eliab's anger was kindled against David and said, Why comest thou down hither? And with whom hast thou left those few sheep in the wilderness? He's belittling him. He's, he's making fun of me. Those few, you notice those words, those few sheep, like anybody could take care of that. He says, I know thy pride and thy naughtiness of thine heart, for thou art come down that thou mightest see the battle. In response to these accusations, David says this. He says, what have I now done? Is there not a cause? From the beginning of creation to the end of the revelation of Jesus Christ, and, and we see the final victory there, that God has given us his son and winding through all the 1,189 chapters of the Bible we see that there is a cause God has a cause in this cause uh, and this is the cause of Christ David found himself on that day in the valley of Elah doing his part taking his turn and for the cause of Christ we have a time, we all have a turn as well, and we have a place in human history for this same cause, to be a part of God's plan. We must find our place in our, and His purpose for our lives. Listen to what David said in verse 37 of 1 Samuel 17. It says, David said, Moreover, the Lord that delivered me out of the paw of the lion and out of the paw of the bear, notice this, he will deliver me out of the hand of, his Philist, of this Philistine. And Saul said unto David, Go, and the Lord be with thee. In other words, he said to David, I want you to go, David. Now I could just, this is just kind of how I picture it. And Saul's there and he's like, David, man, I want you to go. And I want you to remember this. The Lord be with you. That sounds pretty spiritual, doesn't it? But it's coming from King Saul. Kind of lessens the spirituality a little bit. I think we all have some friends. We all have people. Anybody ever that you know have not? A, they don't have a walk with God. They have nothing to do with God. Only time they they say anything about God is when they're they're, they're cursing him. And then they say, "Hey, I'm praying for you." What does that mean? Saul was saying the right things without the reality that God wasn't with him. He knew what to say, but God was not real to him. I'm troubled in my heart when I think that the majority of people in churches today know the right things to say, but God is not a reality to them. We say things like, I'm praying for you. You need to pray about that. You just need to trust God. May the Lord be with you. You know God's word has the answer. Everyone uses these phrases. They know the religious answers. They know the right things to say. But the truth is many have no reality of the God that we serve. They may have good intentions but there's no reality. And you know we all are guilty of this from time to time. Someone saying hey pray pray." Uh, pray for my uncle so-and-so and you know what? I'll pray for him. 
And nine times out of ten, I, that's why many times when you tell me, hey, would you pray for about this? Nine times out of ten, I'm going to stop right there and I'm going to pray with you right then. If I'm going to tell you I'm going to pray, I'm going to pray right then so I don't forget. And then whenever I, I pray right then, that helps serve as a reminder to me that I need to pray for that later on. But if I just go, I, oh yeah, I'll pray for you, and we've all been guilty of this, and we never even pray. See, is God a reality to us today? My great fear is that I have been doing what I'm doing long enough that I know what to do and what to say without the strength of the Lord. That's my fear. I don't know about you, Brother Greg, but I fear that. But I know the right things to say. I know the right things to do. But do I truly rely on God? I need to trust in Him. I fear trying to do the work of God without God's power on my life. Saul was, that's exactly what Saul was doing. If you notice, he said, Go and the Lord be with thee. It sounded good. Not long ago, I remember talking to a man, a pastor, that said he wanted God's blessings on his life and upon his family and upon his church and upon his wife and his kids. All these things sounded so good. He had tears in his eyes and he was all, I mean, he was, he was all 100% invested, what I thought, in the things that, for God. And what I come to find out that he had been involved in an ungodly relationship committing adultery for the past two years. It happens all the time. He knew the things to say. He knew the right things to say, but he, in reality, Christ wasn't evident in his life. The king of Israel said, Go and the Lord be with thee, but God was not in that man's words. We should examine our hearts and see if the fire's still burning. Is the fire still burning, or are we just going through the motions of Christianity? When David came on the scene from his heart, he said, Is there not a cause? This is a man that was consumed by doing the will of God. And whenever he heard uh, uh, the, the Philistine um, uh, cursing the God of Israel and, and, and saying, making fun of the armies, and he said, Is there not a cause? Are, are we just going to sit here and listen to this Philistine destroy and taunt us? The Lord Jesus Christ gave us his cause. You want to know what his cause is? Talk to a man tonight about it. Matthew chapter 28, verse 19 and 20 says, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. There is a cause. In this day, in 2017, there is a cause. There's a cause of standing up and doing what's right. David wanted to accomplish the mission that God had set for him. Remember this, God has a plan for his man, and God has a man for his plan. And I believe that each one of us, God has a plan for us. And God has a purpose. And I want to I, look at five things tonight. They'll be real quick. And five things on this thought. There is a cause. Number one, there, His cause will keep us on the right path. His cause will keep us on the right path. Notice Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. We all know this. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not into thine own understanding, and in all thy ways acknowledge Him, and He shall direct thy paths. God has a plan. God has a cause for our lives. We just need to trust Him with it. The fact of the matter is, is that God has a cause for us, but we don't trust His cause. We don't trust what He has. We, we want to do what we want to do and say, Okay, God, I'll give you the leftovers. If I have a little bit of spare time or some spare change, God, it's yours. That's not commitment. That's not faithfulness. That's not giving everything and trusting Him with all thine heart. We are so easily sidetracked today. Sometimes a thought or an idea comes to mind that de-emphasizes what God wants us to do. It grows a little larger and a little larger until finally we no longer are doing what God has called us to do. David came upon the scene and saw that this 
that his nation was in danger and about to be defeated. He saw that there was something that needed to be done. This was God's work and God's people uh, hanging here. And someone needed to stand up and do something about it. Folks, I see there's, there, there's things all around the world. I mean, there's things in our church that needs to be done. And you know, they say 80% of the work that's done is done by 20% of the people. 80% of the work that's done, that's accomplished, is done by 20% of the people. What if everyone done something? What if we all joined together in unity and done a little bit? See, God had a man for his plan and a plan for his man. There is a cause. Most people are sidetracked, are sidetracked not sidetracked with bad things. As a matter of fact, most people are sidetracked with good things. They trade the good things for the best things that God has given them to do. His cause will keep us on course, will keep us on the right path. Let me ask you, are you on the course, on course in your Christian life? Are you on the right path? It's easy to, it's easy to answer that question, does it line up with God's word? Does it line up with God's word? Number two, his cause will help us establish the right priorities. In Romans 12, 1, it says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercy of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service, and be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. We must prioritize in our life. How we spend our time is a good indicator of what is most important to us. See, is, God, is God's word a priority? Now, I, know, I know some people, they say, oh, bless Jesus, I love Jesus, and they never open up God's word. They'll admit to me, Pastor, I, I, just, I just don't, I, I, it's hard for me to understand, or I just don't get in God's word. Can I tell you, I'm not the best reader. If you know, if you heard me read before, I'm not the best reader. But can I tell you there's ways around that? I've got a little, a little uh, Bible on, uh, I don't know, it's like an iPod or whatever. And I've got my, I can't read very well and understand. But if I hear it, I understand just fine. Say, what are you saying? I'm saying find a way to get in God's word daily. If you've got to hear it, if you've got to be in a, read one chapter, be, read a few verses... Make God's word a priority in your life. Sometimes what we do is we, we get motivated and we say, Oh, I'm going to start reading my Bible every day. And then you want to read 17, 20 chapters. And then the next day you're like, Oh, man, I can't do that again today. And then you don't read your Bible at all. And before you know it's not the, the, the quantity that you read. It's the quality of your reading. Reading a few, just a few verses, uh, maybe a chapter... I talked to a man some time ago when I said that, I said that same phrase. It's not the quality, uh, the quantity. It's the quality. And he says, you know, when I was in school, I didn't have enough time. I was I was busy, uh, you know, studying for exams and doing all these things. He said, but I did read God's word every day, and that's the point. Get in God's word. Make it a priority in your life. Is God's work a priority? I'm talking about the church. I'm talking about out soul winning, telling people about Jesus Christ. Is that a priority in your life? It needs to be. And the next question, is God's will a priority? Do you want what God wants for you? The Bible says there that we may prove with that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Often we call priorities, what we call our priorities are only a thing that ought to be our priorities. But they really are not getting the time that makes them a priority. For example, I've heard people say, you know, my priority is my family. But they work 100 hours a week. Then whenever they get home, they go to bed. They're not spending any time with their family. You know, providing for your family is wonderful, but if you don't provide love and, and nurture and 
admonition and those type of things, it's all in vain. You're going to lose your family. They know the right things to say, but is it, a, is it really a priority? Is it, do we put enough time in it to make it a priority? David said, is there not a cause? This helped him to, prior, prior, uh, to put, make things first, first in his life. He says, you know what? The most important thing in my life is, is not those sheep. It's not my brothers. It's not my dad. The most important thing is God's work, God's will in my life. You see, it helped him to keep his Lord in the place of preeminence. Folks, we need to, did you know that? That God wants the preeminence in our life. He wants to be first place in our life. He's not going to share that with anyone or anything else. He wants first place. Thou shalt not have any other gods before me. If God is second place, folks, he's in the wrong place in your life. So I'm talking about in your family. I'm talking about in your church. I'm talking about in your work. I'm talking about whatever If God isn't first place, he's in the wrong place. God needs to be first. The army of Israel needed to be fed. They needed to be trained. They needed to have equipment. They needed medical attention. They needed all kinds of different things. But David says, you know, that's not my priority right now. My priority is what God has for me to do right now at this point in my life. And that was to face Goliath. Many things are important, and some are very important. Can I tell you, your family ought to be important in your life. They ought to be important. But can I tell you this? Number one place belongs to the Lord. Belongs to the Lord. You say, well, my wife is my, my first priority, or my husband. Then you have things in the wrong priority. God deserves first place. He desires first place in our lives. And I can tell you this. If he's first place in our lives, your husband or your wife will have their rightful position. God will make, he'll take care of all the details. Number three, his cause demands a payment. First Samuel, look there in verse 31 and 32. It says, and when the words were heard which David spake. They rehearsed them before Saul, and he sent for him. And David said to Saul, Let no man's heart fail because of him. Thy servant will go and fight with this Philistine. A sacrifice or a payment had to be paid. Obeying God's cost, obeying God costs sometimes. It always costs something to obey God. It costs. You know, some it costs our favorite sin. To truly obey God, it costs that favorite thing that we like to do. But to be a true servant and a true follower of God, it costs first place. The entire camp was filled with soldiers, but one man said, I will go, I will fight, I will do it. The work of God cannot be done with our spare resources. David was willing to put his life on the line. He says, here am I. I'll do it. While everybody else, those people that were bigger, that were mightier, that were stronger, that had more experience, all those folks that had all those things going for them, they were all hiding. But David, a young lad, you know what it reminds me of? This this story always reminds me of God uses those things, number one, that are just available. And number two, they don't have to be mighty. You know, God doesn't always necessarily call the gifted. He gifts the called. God always takes care of his plan. The work of God cannot be done with spare resources. In 2 Samuel chapter 24, we see that faith and sacrifice was a vital part of David's life. This was an event that later on happened. David wanted to purchase a piece of ground to build a place of worship, to worship the Lord. And he came to a man by the name of Aruna. And the Bible says in 2 Samuel 24, verse 20, it says, And Aruna looked and saw the king and his servants coming on toward him. And Aruna went out and bowed himself before the king on his face upon the ground. And Aruna said, Wherefore is my lord the king come to his servant? And David said, to, bury the, uh, to buy the threshing floor of thee, to build an altar unto the Lord, that 
the plague may be stayed from the plague may be stayed from the people. And Aruna said unto God, Let my lord the king take and offer up what seemeth good unto him. Behold, here uh, be the oxen for for burnt sacrifices and threshing instruments for uh, other and other instruments for of uh, the oxen for wood. All these things did Aruna as the king as a king give unto the king. And Aruna said unto the king. The Lord thy God accept thee. And the king said unto Aruna, Nay, but I will surely buy it of a price of uh, buy it of thee at a price. Neither will I offer burnt offerings unto the Lord my God of that which doth cost me nothing. So David bought the threshing floor and the oxen for fifty shekels of silver. David said, you know, in this portion of Scripture, which I think is a powerful portion of Scripture, David says, he says, I'm not going to offer something to God that, I, that didn't cost me something. You know why? Because it's not sacrifice. God's delighted in our sacrifices. Our willingness to say, God, here am I. I'm a, I'm a living sacrifice. David said, Neither will I offer burnt offerings unto the Lord my God of that which doth cost me nothing. God has designed the Christian life so that the people who yield, who give, who surrender and sacrifice to God of themselves receive the greatest blessings. Can I tell you, God is no debtor to any man. That's the word of God. God is not a debtor to any man. And I can tell you this, when you sacrifice... God always meets the needs. God always meets the needs. Number four, the thing, His cause requires His power. We can't do it in our own power, folks. We need to understand that right now. The Bible says in, back in 1 Samuel 17, 45, it says, David met with a Philistine giant. Notice what it says there. It says, Thou comest to me with a sword and with a spear and with a shield. But I come to thee, notice this, in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom thou hast defied. He's saying, hey, you come to me with all, all the things that you would want, but I come in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. David realized that it would take more than his energy to do this job. Can I tell you, in the work of the Lord, it takes more than... What we can muster up. That's why so many of us get weary and well-doing. Because it's going to take more than my... It's more than I can muster up. There's days, I can tell you this, tonight, my wife will attest to you, I did not want to be here tonight. Not because I don't love you, but because I didn't feel good. I wanted to go to lay down and go to bed. She'll tell you that. But can I tell you, now I'm here and I've got the Lord's power. Now, as soon as I'm done, I'm guarantee you, I'm going to want to hit the bed. But God's given me the strength and the energy to get through the night. I give that all praise and the power to Him because He's the one that gives us the power to do those things. Do you realize that God has a purpose for weariness just as much as He has a purpose for strength? Think about that. God has a purpose for difficulty just as much as He has a purpose for deliverance. God has a purpose for trials just as much as He has a purpose for victory and triumph. You know, the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 12, 9, it says, And He said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest Upon me. As we become weaker and weaker, we realize our need for Him. As I become older, as I get older and older, you say, I look around and I'm, I'm probably one of the youngest people in here, uh, besides Brother Adam. <laughs> but as I get older and older, I realize my weaknesses. I realize how much I'm, I need to depend on Him. When I was younger, I thought I could do I could conquer the world. Anybody else felt like that when they were younger? <laughs> yeah. Now we get a little bit older and we think, I can't hardly get through the day without your power, Lord. See, as we become weaker and weaker, 
we realize our need for his power. God, in, in so many ways, so many ways allows us to see that we need him. Again and again, I know, I, I come to know that his work requires his power. The giant came to David with everything that a man would want. I mean, he was over nine foot tall. Huge, massive man. Now, they say David was probably about five foot six. That's what many, I, I, anywhere from five foot two to five foot six. And now you think about this. Five foot, ten foot. Double his size. Now, now when I think of Goliath, I don't think of a skinny guy either. I think of a man like Shaq, Shaquille O'Neal. I mean, just a massive, huge man, but even bigger than Shaq. It'd be like Brother Duke going up against Shaq. You know, that probably Brother Duke would, we know he has the power of God on his life, but that's, that's the example there. He's so much smaller, and, but David realized that his power was insignificant, but God's power would help him through it. David said, hey, you know, he had the weapons that most men couldn't even carry, a sword and an armor bearer. These were, uh, these were no match, though. All these things that he had were no match for a little shepherd boy with the power of God on his life. Now you think about this. Now let me put it in today's terms. No matter what circumstance you're going through, financial difficulty, emotional, social, physical, I don't know, you put your problem in there. None of those things compare to someone that has the power of God on their life. God's going to see you through it. The Bible says here in 1 Samuel 17, 45, it says, Then said David to the Philistine, Thou comest to me with a sword and with a spear and with a shield, but I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom thou hast defied. This day will the Lord deliver me into thine hand, and I will smite thee and take thine head off from thee, and I will give the carcasses of the host of the Philistines this day unto the fowls of the air and to the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. It wasn't, notice this, and, and this is just a side note, notice David didn't say that everyone might know that I am the man. He didn't say that, did he? He said that everyone would know that God, He is the Lord of hosts. He was deflecting all the glory, not into what He was going to do or what He did, but because of Him. When we come to the place of yielding our lives to God's disposal, then God avails Himself to us in mighty powers. Great and mighty things which thou knowest not. Then the last thing is His cause is perpetual. What David did that day was bigger than David. What I'm trying to do as a pastor is much, reaches out much farther than, than my life. The cause in which I'm involved is bigger than me. And greater than any one person. The work of God reaches much further than my place or time in, in history. The grace of God has allowed me to have a part in something that is eternal. And I tell you, that's a blessing. Just to be a part of God's work. God has placed me in the framework of time into something that takes all of eternity. The Bible says in 1 John 2, 17, And the world passes away, and the lust thereof, but he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. This helps me not to become discouraged over one failure. Because we're all going to face failures. It helps me not to get discouraged when one of my goals that I have for the church or one of the goals I have in my own life doesn't come to pass as I would like it to. Because I know that I, it's not about my time, it's about His time. The question is not is if, is if, is, uh, the question is not if He is on my schedule, but am I on His schedule? I'm afraid that most of the time we try to put Him on our timetable and say, God, you have to do this, and we try to squeeze Him into this time frame and say, Lord, uh, if it's going to be done, it has to be done right now, and this is when I want it, and this is how I want it, and this is the way I want it. And then God lets us get there, and then we wonder, where's the Lord? 
See, he's not working according to our time frame. It's not necessarily that he does not want to, but he wants us to learn that we are to work according to his time. He has a purpose and a plan. 1 Samuel 17.47 says, And all these assembly shall know that the Lord saveth not with sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord's. The battle is the Lord's. Notice this, Psalm 46.10, Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the heathen. I will exalt, be exalted in the earth. Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage, and he shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Wait on the Lord and keep his way, and he shall exalt thee in the, and to inherit the land. When the wicked are cut off, thou shalt see it. We have been given a wonderful opportunity. We just got to trust in him and follow his plan, realizing there is a cause. His cause, his plan, and his man. His cause will keep us on the right path. It'll, keep, it'll, it'll establish right priorities. It, will, it demands a payment. It requires his power if we're going to get it done, and then it's a perpetual work. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. So we think of this. I don't know what you may be facing tonight, but I ask you, is there a cause? Is there a cause? I believe the cause goes more, much further than our, our, our things that we want, but it's all about what God wants in our lives. You're here tonight and you say, Pastor, I, I don't even know for sure if I, was to go to, if I was to die, I'd go to heaven. Anyone like that? Would you raise your hand, anyone? Maybe you hear you say, Pastor, I'm saved, but I, I just haven't been following his plan. I haven't, been, I haven't realized there's a cause for my life. Pastor, pray for me. Anyone like that? I just want you to be obedient to the Lord as he speaks to your heart. Our Heavenly Father, once again, thank you for how you've spoke to my heart and realizing there's a plan and there's a cause. And Lord, I pray that, uh, Lord, that I will fulfill your purpose in my life. Lord, that I would uh, be willing to sacrifice if that's what's needed be willing to uh, serve and lord i pray that you would just guide and direct in my life and lord not only in my life but in the life of this church these people or that you would do a great and mighty work that I, that only you can do Lord, we will give you all the praise and the glory that comes from it in jesus name amen heads are bowed and eyes are closed brother adam's going to begin playing softly god has spoke to your heart i'm going to challenge you to come and do business with god however he speaks just be obedient is a cause what is that cause fulfilling the great commission being about the father's business that you would be would be praying for them, Brother Sean and Miss Kimberly, for the boys, Sean, or for uh, Caleb and uh, Eli and Josh, and pray for Haley as well. would ask that you would pray along that order. Pray for Stu, or, or uh, Stuart, um, also goes by Shannon. Uh, this is Brother Sean's brother. His greatest need is salvation. And... Uh, Pray that pray that uh, Lord will continue to work on him and and uh, I know that that's Miss Judith's desire and so you you pray for the McGinnis family. I ask also that you pray for the Land family in the time of bereavement. This is the young man that I spoke about last week, 39 years old. He went into eternity on sat on Friday and. Um, 
course, we don't know as a fact. We don't know, but by all indications, he died and went to hell. That breaks my heart. Gives me a bigger burden for those that are lost. So you pray for the land family, time of bereavement. would ask that you would pray for our church to continue to grow in spirit and in number. Maybe someone else have a prayer request tonight. Yes, Miss Suzanne. Yes. Amen. Yeah. All right. Someone else? Brother Tim? Anybody else? Yes, Miss Melinda. Yes, pray for Kenny Johnson. He had surgery this week, and uh, it went. It was didn't go as well as they hoped for. Um, so pray for just um, his most important need is salvation. But pray for uh, uh, just healing, and uh, pray that the Lord would work in his life. Pray for his wife, too. She's such a sweet lady and family. Pray for them. Someone else? Yes, Brother Greg. Amen. Amen. For you that did not hear that, Brother Greg got a good report. His PSA, is that what it's called? Okay, yeah, his levels uh, were, they couldn't even tell that he, uh, they're not even charted, right? I mean, it's, they're good numbers or whatever, so. Down to zero. So we praise the Lord. We know who the great physician is, and uh, doctors like to claim the glory, not this one back here, but uh, many doctors like to claim that, but we know that he's he's the great healer, and uh, we give all the all the glory to him, it goes to the Lord, and so we praise the Lord for what he's doing, and uh, so you remember Brother Greg that those those uh, levels stay there, and that he continues to uh, do well. Also, pray for Brother Greg, he's been having a lot of... Uh, stomach issues from the gall, gall stones or gall he thinks might be that so just pray pray for him he that's why he wasn't here sunday just a lot of pain and uh you pray that the, yeah, god gives the doctor's wisdom um, to take care of that situation as well anybody else all right yes but tim Good. We're praying specifically that God would open doors that no man can open and that God would close doors that no man can close. So you pray specifically in that in that way. Brother Tim knows God's clear direction. Anybody else? 
All right, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Our Heavenly Father, once again, thank you for the privilege we have to pray. And Lord, we ask that you would hear these petitions tonight. Lord, I thank you the McGinnis family. Lord, I ask that you would just wrap your loving arms around them. Let them know that you're in control, that you love them. And Lord, for Brother Sean and for Stuart, Lord, I pray that you would just comfort them as uh, in a loss of a, a mother. Lord, I pray that you would just, uh, Lord, that you would just show them and, and just be so real to them. Lord, for Stuart, Lord, the most important thing is his salvation. And Lord, may something be said, something be done that, that he would realize his need. And Lord, that he would be saved. I know Miss Judith would be running up and down the streets of gold, gold Lord, uh, to hear that. Lord, I pray that you would just do a great work in the, the funeral service to speak to hearts. And, and Lord, as only you can, it's going to be a simple salvation message. And Lord, that uh, they would hear the right things. And Lord, that the Holy Spirit would do a work that only the Holy Spirit can do in their lives. Lord, also for the land family, Lord, I pray that you would comfort them. Lord, I pray that you would, uh, Lord, just do a great work in their lives as well. Lord, for Emily, as she's uh, out of jail now, and Lord, just pray that you would help her to make the right decisions, and, and uh, Lord, that she would see her need to be in church and, and to, to, to be serving you. Lord, for Loretta, Lord, she's got a lot of health issues. Lord, I pray that you would just uh, meet those needs as well. Lord, for Kenny Johnson, as he's had this surgery last week and he's got some more surgeries uh, scheduled, Lord, I pray that you would give him a speedy recovery. Lord, I pray, uh, Lord, that you would, uh, Lord, that you would be so real to him that he would see his need. Lord, I've talked to him many times, and Lord, I pray that you would just uh, open up that door, Lord, that, uh, uh, Lord, then that he would hear your voice and that he would not harden his heart. Lord, that he would be saved before it's eternally too late. Lord, we thank you for the good results the good uh, that we heard from Brother Greg. And, Lord, we pray that you would continue to work in his life. And, Lord, I ask that you would be with our church, help us to grow in spirit and in number. Lord, also for Brother Tim as he's making this, uh, this decision about his job, Lord, I pray that you would give him wisdom. Lord, that you would, he, his desire, uh, he's made it evident to me that his desire is just to do what you would have him to do. And, Lord, if it's to remain in the position that he's at, Lord, we pray that you would shut that door. Uh, Lord, That uh, Lord, and if it's to go on, Lord, we pray that you would open that door and that you would uh, show him clearly from your word and from his prayer life. Lord, again, thank you for all that you do for us. Thank you for this church and your love. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, let me give you just a few announcements. We're kind of a long-winded preacher tonight. But uh, anyways, I want to remind you that Friday night, uh, this coming Friday night at 6 o'clock, is Brother Phil and Miss Sue's wedding. And uh, they, they want to invite everyone to come out. We're going to have some cake and uh, some punch afterwards. And they don't want you to bring gifts. They just want you to come and celebrate uh, this joyous occasion with them. And then uh, Saturday, of course, is the... Uh, the service for Miss uh, Judith McGinnis. Uh, 10 o'clock is the um, visitation. Uh, now she, she's uh, cremated, but uh, they're still going to gather around. They're going to show some video clips and things, uh, or some pictures and things like that. And uh, they want to invite you to come to that. That's 10 o'clock till 11. Then 11 o'clock will be the service. And uh, then after the service, we're going to have a meal. And so we're asking if you could help out without help provide some um, covered dish. The church will provide the, the meat and things. Um, but if you could help out with a dessert covered dish, see Miss Melinda. She's heading that up. And then I uh, want to remind you also, this coming Sunday is our birthday and anniversary fellowship after our PM service. Everyone stick around for that and just have a good time of fellowship there. And then Saturday, uh, September the 3rd, I believe it's the 3rd through the 6th, if I'm, I'm figuring my dates right, uh, at Faith Baptist Church, they're having a revival with Brother Brian McBride. I'm going to try to go Monday and try to be there Monday and Tuesday. And uh, um, if you'd like to go, I encourage you to go. Brother Brian McBride is such a blessing. Man, a powerful preacher. One of the best of our day, I believe. I believe it's, is it the 3rd through the 6th? 3rd through the 6th. So the 3rd you'll be here, and then the 4th is Monday night, and you'll be there. And then the 5th is Tuesday night, you'll be there. And then the 6th. 
is uh, Wednesday night and you'll be here. All right. So um, you, just a little side note there. Uh, but anyways, and then also there's a sign up sheet on the back table for the um, men's retreat. Uh, that's Saturday, uh, Friday and Saturday, September 15th and 16th at Hoosier Hills. Cost is $35. And then uh, the Seedline Conference is Sunday through Wednesday, September 17th through the 20th, and looking forward to that. All right, let's go ahead and go to the Lord in prayer. Uh, if you have an offering tonight, um, just lay it in the plate um, uh, tonight, if you don't mind, because we're running a little late on time. So let's go ahead and stand. We'll close in a word of prayer. Brother Greg, would you mind to close us in a word, please?